Tuesday's edition of the Hometown Headlines newscast. John Ruckermiller with you from HometownHeadlines.com and the Hometown Headlines podcast network. Here are today's updates. We will start first with the coronavirus updates. Locally, Redmond Regional Medical Center confirms it has one patient who has tested positive. We also learned there have been two patients tested at Cartersville Medical Center. We are awaiting the results of those tests. The Polk patient at Floyd Medical Center remains stable this morning. Also, those 20 caregivers from Floyd who took care of the patient initially continue under self-quarantine. The state and national report, Governor Brian Kemp, says Georgia now has six confirmed cases. That includes the two here in northwest Georgia and now 11 presumptive patients as well. Nationwide, the death toll is now at 26. Vanderbilt University has suspended classes turning to distance learning. We have those updates for you today as well in a separate report. Also today, services have been set for Thursday for a Cartersville woman killed in a collision with a tractor trailer last week. In political and voting news, 238 people voted in advance on Monday at both the county offices and at Garden Lakes Baptist Church. We also have an update on the election calendar for you. In Buzz today, gas prices dropped again as low as 2.07 a gallon in Chattooga County. Frozen Junior opens March 20th at the DeSoto Theater. Also, State Corrections Department has a job fair set for March 17th. Weather-wise, you're probably seeing a little bit of rain out this morning. The Ware Mechanical Weather Center update, a little bit more rain on the way, not nearly as much as we've seen in recent weeks. The heat is on as well. We'll see temperatures as high as 72 by Thursday. Obituaries today, we say farewell to Mother Bertha R. Barton, Mrs. Joyce Linda Williams Savage-Jones, and Mrs. Charlotte Puff. We have dining updates for you today. Public health restaurant inspection scores from across northwest Georgia. Greater Community Bank brings you Crime Watch updates from Floyd, Bartow, and Polk counties today. Also, Truett's Chick-fil-A Sports Report. Lots of honors and updates today on Barry College student-athletes. Wheelchair Tennis returns to the Tennis Center this weekend. Also, lots of green on the move this coming Saturday. That's part of the Harbin Clinic's Upper Conathon 5K run and two-mile health walk. You can sign up for that right now, by the way. Also, updates on the Rome Braves. They prepare for the new season. Single game and all-star game tickets are on sale. Also, some scores from local high schools, colleges, and softball updates as well. All right, Tuesday's rant of the day. How about this headline? Finding a better way to spread the news and not the virus. We said it recently, and we'll say it again today. The best way to prevent disinformation is with information. But when it comes to information about those being tested and those testing positive for the coronavirus, those transparency efforts we hear so much about are about as murky as all that soapy water we're creating as we strive to protect ourselves. Basically, the public is getting just the basics on coronavirus testing and results, That has got to change if we, as a community, want to get ahead of this virus threat. As we also said last week, the High Court of Facebook was leading the way in sharing news, yes, unfortunately, news about a local patient. We eventually confirmed someone had been tested, and then the case went public early Friday as the Polk County woman, identified as a Floyd patient, indeed tested positive for the coronavirus. It took another day to determine she was from Floyd, make that Polk County, not Floyd County. Right now, we continue to push for more details on the patient who tested positive at Redmond Regional Medical Center on Sunday night. Again, the basics. 
We don't know the patient's gender or age. We don't know if he or she is from Floyd County or lives elsewhere. We're not sure if the patient was among the three people tested at Redmond over the weekend. We don't know if this person recently traveled or was in contact with another person who tested positive. We understand all the patient confidentiality stuff, but we still don't understand exactly why the generic information is being kept from a very demanding public. We got into a little trouble on Monday night when stating that Cartersville Medical Center had issued a press release on two people being tested there. It turns out that was not a press release, but a statement from the medical center in response to a specific media question. Our response, shouldn't the public know about local testing as well, and if so, shouldn't that be issued to all media, and i.e. the community as well? And we're still trying to find out more about those two Jacksonville State students who were exposed to coronavirus during a trip to Georgia. The announcement was released by JSU on Friday, soon after we learned that the Floyd patient had tested positive for coronavirus. We can draw assumptions, which is the last thing that needs to happen when dealing with a public threat. Transparency isn't meant to be a series of talking heads telling us to wash our hands, give others who appear ill about a six-foot variance, staying home if sick, and checking our own travel plans, especially if we're 65 or older. People need to know the basics. They need to know what is happening in their community and not hear about HIPAA regulations or agency policy or corporate mandates. We ask that all involved just be transparent about your alleged transparency. It is possible to be informative while likewise being sufficiently ambiguous to protect the patients.